on us all of a sudden, didn't he? Waiting on me. Well, that's the story of the world, waiting on me. Let's turn, if we would, in our uh, Redback hymnals this morning to uh, page 329 or in your blueback uh, hymnal 122. I'm thankful I'm standing on the promises of God this morning. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Let's sing Standing on the Promises this morning. Standing on the promises of Christ my King, through eternal ages let his praises ring. Glory in the highest I will shout and sing. Standing on the promises. Sing it out now. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God my Savior. Standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. On the second now. Standing on the promises that cannot fail. When the howling storms of doubt and fear assail by the lips. Oh, I believe that today, don't you? Standing on the promises of God. Sing it out now. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. On the third now, standing on the promises, can see perfect presence cleansing in the blood for me. Standing in the liberty where Christ made free. Standing on the promises of God. Lift it up this morning. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. On the last now. Standing on the promises, I cannot fall. Listening every moment to the help us, Lord. Resting in my Savior, all in all. Standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. Oh, I'm thankful for that this morning. I believe the Bible refers to them as the exceeding precious promises of God. Boy, the one of the greatest treasures you have in this life as a saved, born-again Christian is the truth, principles, and promises of God's Word. How many of you are thankful for those today? Hallelujah, glory to His name. Turn now to 308 in your blue book or 177 in the red book. Amen. 177 red book, 
308, are you washed in the blood? Give me one more intro there. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood? Sing it out now. Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? On the second now, are you walking daily? Help us, Lord. Side, are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Do you rest each moment in the crucified? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Sing, are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your God? Spotless, they white as snow. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? On the third, when the bridegroom cometh, will your robe be white, pure and white in the blood of the Lamb? Will your soul be ready in a mansion bright and be washed in the blood of the Lamb? Aside the garments that are stained with sin and be washed in the blood of the Lamb. There's a fountain flowing for the soul unclean. Oh, be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Sing it now. Are you washed in the blood, in the soul? Jesus this morning. Sing that chorus one more time. Let's make the devil mad. Pour him out of here. Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? I'll tell you what, let's all fellowship together. Grace, play a little bit more of that. Amen. Let's welcome one another into the house of God. It sure is good to be here today.
to see you uh, here today, a beautiful, uh, of course, windy, but March is known as the month of wind, and it sure is, uh, has been a, a windy couple of days uh, here lately. I know uh, Holly and I and the girls uh, spent some time down at Gatlinburg on Friday when we came back home, and all of our porch uh, furniture was in the Navy's yard. Uh, amen. But uh, So I sent Caroline and Carly after it. Amen. Thank God for kids. Can I get a witness this morning? Amen. But um, it is good to see you today. Just uh, again, uh, always, I don't know about you, but uh, as the weeks go by, I look forward to God's house more and more. I, I need this. I've got to have this. I've got to have, uh, amen, the preaching. I've got to have the uh, praying. I've got to have the fellowship. Amen. Just the encouragement that comes from assembling ourselves together uh, in the house of God. God knew what he, he was doing when he ordained the church. And the truth of the matter is, we need the church. Can I say that again? We need the church. Uh, amen. But I, I got news for you. The church needs you too. It, it works both ways. But thank God uh, for the church, and uh, I'm thankful for the freedom that we have together in this place um, from Sunday to Sunday. Remember, we've got brothers and sisters that are gathering in bomb shelters right now on the other side of the world. So we need to be thankful for the freedom that we enjoy as a, a people of God, and uh, amen. I'm where I want to be this morning. Can I say that? Nobody had to drag me to church today. I'm here because um, I love the house of God. I love the people of God. I love the word of God. Uh, amen. Good to have, uh, I just got to mention them, Randy and Virginia Freshour. We love them so much and uh, for a relationship that goes on, goes way back and Man, it just makes my day to see y'all today, Randy. I know y'all been going through the valley, going through trial. So uh, let's just do our best to love on them this morning. Can we do that? Uh, I think that'd be according to the will of God, just to love on them, make sure they know just uh, what an honor it is to have them in services today. Good to have Miss Cheryl and Elizabeth sitting back there together side by side. Oh, my, that's uh, double trouble if I've ever seen it. Uh, amen. Cheryl, Cheryl agrees. Uh, amen. Elizabeth's not going to say anything. That's right. That's right. Amen. But it's good to have you. Good to have, uh, uh, we've got a, a slew of knights here with us uh, this morning. Uh, amen. And uh, there's a special, re there's a reason for that as they're celebrating a special occasion. And before we go any further, because I'll forget it, but, uh, and I know he's not the only one, but uh, Anthony, is today your birthday? Praise God. Amen. I knew there was something bad about this day. I just couldn't figure out uh, what it was. Amen. No, happy birthday to you, sir. Amen. And uh, they've got family here celebrating um, uh, his birthday. And Pam also, she tried to get out of it Wednesday night. Uh, amen. Just just told a bold-faced lie right in the middle of church on Wednesday. As uh, Josh mentioned, do what? Well, okay, I, we'll, we'll let you slide. But she celebrated her 85th birthday this week. 42nd, she says. I Something tells me that's not true. So, uh, amen. We just killed the spirit in the church house. Amen. But uh, Pam celebrated birthday. Of course, Carly, we've already, I mean, you know, we just, you talk about spoiled rotten. I mean, the whole world had to stop for Carly this week. So, 
she had a, a, a birthday, and uh, Jen, she didn't want to go down to Gatlinburg Friday. She was complaining about her stomach hurting, wah, wah, wah. But then we got down there, and we were in one of the shops, and she found her a pair of shoes. And she, she used the birthday money to buy a new pair of shoes. And uh, let's just say it all changed, and I didn't hear another word of complaining. That's, amen. She was happy, and if, amen. If the, the ladies are happy, then everybody's happy. Can I get a witness today? But we appreciate your presence this morning, and uh, trust that um, trust that uh, God's been good to you. I know He's been good to you, in spite of the trials and tests and hardships of life. God's faithful to us. We're blessed, and I've got news for you, friend. Jesus is coming soon. I believe that with all my heart. I believe this thing's wrapping up, and I believe the devil's working overtime to do everything he can to hinder the work of God and the people of God. Amen. But we've got to keep our eyes on him. As uh, was said yesterday during the, uh, the, the prayer gathering at the courthouse, uh, 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 we just got to press on. Amen. We got to press on. We just we can't quit. Um, uh, uh, just as was the, the question was asked of Peter, Jesus challenged Peter, said, Will you also go away? And Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. I've come too far to turn back now. I've got too much invested in this thing than to give up now. Wouldn't it be terrible to, to give up and to quit and to become weary and well-doing uh, just a few short feet before the finish line? Amen. We've got to press on, church. The stakes are too high. Uh, amen. Your loved ones and my loved ones, their salvation may depend upon uh, our faithfulness and our dedication to the cause of Christ. Well, I'll quit preaching. Amen. Too early for that. Uh, but I uh, do want to remind you by way of announcements, uh, there is a misprint in the bulletin. I changed it uh, on, uh, on one thing, but I didn't change it in the bulletin. And it says here that there will be no Wednesday night use, but we will be returning to a normal schedule as far as our Wednesday night uh, youth ministry here at the church, United for Christ. We gave our kids and our workers a week off due to um, the... Um, um, due to the spring break holiday, but we will be back uh, on a normal schedule with United for Christ this upcoming Wednesday night. By the way, Maria wanted me to mention the fact that she's uh, needing some snacks uh, again. So those of you who uh, help her with those snacks, drinks, and uh, chips, cookies, whatever it might be, uh, you just uh, step up to the plate there and let's furnish these snacks for our children. Um, uh, let me just say this uh, again. Uh, let's continue to uh, promote our missionary offerings, our building fund offerings. Appreciate we had our annual business meeting on Wednesday night. And, boy, I tell you, financially, in spite of the COVID pandemic and all the things that are associated with it, God has, has been good to United Baptist Church. And uh, we had a wonderful financial year last year, and God's blessing our missions ministry. Let's keep those missions offerings coming in. We've got the building fund offering on Wednesday night, and we take up the youth offering once a month. So let's just continue to give uh, as the Lord uh, blesses us. A new opportunity here for the church. This is something that we used to do some time ago, but uh, due to some budget cuts, we quit it. But now it's a, it's a free service. And that is we're going to be broadcasting our Sunday morning services starting this Wednesday uh, on um, uh, on television, uh, amen, Comcast, if you have Comcast television services, you're familiar with the local channel, WGRV Channel 18, 
And uh, so our Wednesday, or excuse me, our Sunday morning services will begin broadcasting live. They're not live, excuse me, recorded. They'll be airing on Wednesday, Comcast Channel 18 at 2.30 p.m. So this is another opportunity for those who were not able to uh, to be here or, again, just trying to get the word out about uh, our church and most of all to spread the, the good news of the gospel. Amen. If you're excited about that, then you pray uh, for that uh, ministry. Oh, goodness, just by way of prayer requests uh, this morning, again, as we always do, we have so many uh, prayer needs. And, uh, you know, maybe first and foremost, we do need to remember Brother Lyle and his family as uh, his uncle, David Harrison, um, passed away. We sent the prayer chain out about that earlier this week, but uh, David Harrison uh, went home, thankfully, to be with the Lord. As this gentleman, he got saved, um, I believe, last summer. Is that right, Brother Lyle? And uh, so it's, it's, you know, it's, and it's always hard when you lose a loved one, but uh, praise God, it, it makes it sweet knowing that everything's right between them and the Lord. So uh, thank God. Uh, uh, but continue to remember this family in prayer. Uh, again, remember the David Harrison uh, family in prayer. And we've got uh, many, many other uh, requests. Let's continue to remember um, I visited uh, Miss Nancy Chapman uh, this week. Nancy uh, is doing well, but she continues to need our prayers. So remember Nancy in prayer. Continue to remember Bob Price. As Bob had procedure um, a week ago on Friday, but he is improving and progressing. So let's uh, continue to remember the Prices uh, in prayer. Remember uh, my friend Sam Hardy with cancer. Uh, remember him uh, as well as remember uh, Zach Stanton. Remember Zach. Uh, in prayer, good to have Brother Randy with us. Continue to remember him and his family. Uh, continue to remember my sister-in-law, Ashley Bailey, and uh, newborn child Easton as he's doing well. I got to see that little youngin for the first time. And, uh, you know, after a while, they all just start looking alike. Amen. After When you get to five, they, you know, they just, it, it, I mean, you know, what's the difference? Amen. Uh, five, one's as good as five, so praise God. Remember them in prayer. Uh, also, continue to um, uh, remember Trey Youngblood. My understanding is he's making progress and he's doing much better. Uh, Ariel and Cade, this is Alana's cousin, uh, again, as she recently had twins. And remember this uh, child, Cade, but uh, at one point in time they were concerned whether or not the child would survive. But now they've gone home from the hospital and doing a lot better. And I believe that's because God's people has been praying. Amen. So remember this uh, child, Cade, in prayer. Also, uh, a few other requests. Remember Lula Cutchall in prayer. Remember Marty Calkin. Remember um, Peggy Bryson and, and Lily as they've not been feeling well. Also, remember Dolores Affey uh, as she specifically wanted me to um, uh, request prayer for her this morning. So Peggy Bryson, Dolores Affey. Remember Bandy Thompson, young convert. Uh, uh, got saved here last Sunday night, so remember Bandy in prayer. We certainly need to continue to remember the Ukraine situation, the crisis there uh, overseas. Remember our brothers and sisters in Christ, and uh, just pray for our leaders here in America and everybody uh, that's, um, that's, um, that has, has an interest in that situation. These are just a few. I'm sure you've got other requests that you'd like to uh, make known this morning.
Miss Barbie, I want to make sure I got all those. Would you, Melissa Dean, Sam Burkey, Becky Freeman, and Debbie Simpson. Okay. I'm just talking faster than I could write. You're all right. <laughs> Amen. Other prayer requests this afternoon. Take your head around. What's his name, Randy? Jerry Osborne? Okay. Spiritual and physical. God's able, isn't he, church? Other prayer needs this morning. Give her head on. Hallelujah, life. Amen. Looking forward to that glad reunion day, aren't you? Other prayer requests today. Appreciate you mentioning that, Uncle Kenny. Uh, yeah, Brother Ellis actually contacted me uh, several weeks ago about that, but uh, revival will be starting tomorrow night at Fellowship Baptist Church here in Greenville at 7 o'clock p.m. So remember that. Also remember uh, Uncle Kenny's uh, sister, Pat, and then uh, I'm thankful he mentioned uh, Maria as she uh, texted me this morning, and she's not feeling well. So remember uh, her health also. Somebody else?
Johnny Bowman and Barry Hartman and uh, with Bill Hall. Get ahead of myself. this morning unspoken request today by the uplifted hand the lost loved ones let's continue to remember those who are lost amen uh, I am encouraged or I ask you to pray for me today as I preach uh, that the Lord's uh, presence would be with us and that uh, we'd all get the help that we need just pray for the services amen and for um, for God's will to be done. We'll gather around the altar at this time. If you'd like to join us, you can do so. If not, pray there and we'll sing.
Barry Harper, thank you. And a, another name that I forgot to mention, uh, a friend of mine from high school that uh, passed away this week by the name of T.A. Hamilton. Remember the T.A. Hamilton family in prayer. Anthony, would you lead us in prayer this morning? thankful we can tell it to Jesus. Amen? Amen. Thank God uh, for that. And uh, I'll tell you, what would we do if we didn't have the Lord to tell it to? Amen? And I'm thankful that uh, He's patient enough to, to listen to us. We've been studying on Wednesdays about old Jeremiah, and he started bearing his grievances out unto the Lord. And the Lord was willing to listen to him. But then uh, once uh, the Lord listens to us, then we need to be willing to uh, listen to him as well. Amen. Holly's going to come sing for us this morning for righteousness.
the Father has a plan, though it's hard to see it now. You fear you're walking all alone. He is there, no doubt. When the storm around me rages and you're tossed to and fro, you're faced with life's decisions, not sure which way to go. Stand still and let God move. Standing still is hard to do. When you feel you have reached the end, he'll make a way for you. Stand still and let God move. around you and the walls are closing in and the tide is swiftly rising and you wonder where he's been there never was a moment that his arms weren't reaching out you can rest assured and be secure God is moving right now stand still let God move. Standing still is hard to do. When you feel you have reached the end, he'll make a way for you. Stand still and let God move. Sing the second verse again, Holly. When the enemy surrounds you, and the walls are closing in and the tide is swiftly rising and you wonder where he's been there never was a moment that his arms weren't reaching out you can rest assured and be secure god is moving right now stand still let God move. Standing still is hard to do. When you feel you have reached the end, he'll make a way for you. Stand still and let God move. When you feel Somebody's got this. 
Good one. I've been given an opportunity to uh, take this moment and celebrate someone here in the church that's very important to me. I wish she had enough to say. This is Pastor's Wife Appreciation Day. Okay? Okay, we, we need to appreciate that lady who lives with him. She lives with him. Those two, those two girls right there, they live with him. Okay? He's been given the responsibility to raise those children and take care of them. God bless, but he's not the example. I'm sorry, I'm picking on you, but you're wide open. Okay? We'd like to honor Miss Holly. Please come up. all the things you do for the church and the rest of them and for us as well. Praise God. Thank you. That's what happens when you turn a deacon loose with a mic. He takes advantage of an opportunity to uh, rib his pastor, but that's all right. I echo those words, and I'm very thankful uh, for your sensitivity. Uh, I did know it was... Um, pastor's wife appreciation month but I uh, to be honest with you I guess Holly and I are both so busy that we uh, you know just uh, kind of didn't think about uh, that but it's something we do need to think about and it's something that as a church that uh, you need to think about and that is uh, how blessed you are to have the pastor's wife that you have Holly is a special lady um in fact, I would go as far as to say that she is the only person in this world that would be willing to put up with me the way she does. Can I get a witness this morning? Amen. But you know, the truth of the matter is, and we can be, we can, um, you know, and, and listen, if we don't be a little lighthearted and if we don't laugh, and we'd go crazy, wouldn't we? Amen. I, I believe God's people are to be a happy people, but, you know, um, I believe God puts people together. That's why it's so important uh, for young people uh, to make sure that you seek the will of God regarding a mate for your life. Um, amen. Uh, a lot of times nowadays young people, they just go try one another out. Amen. And just, uh, uh, in other words, we're going we're gonna, to, hey, listen, marriage is, is becoming a thing of the past. We're going to live together and, uh, uh, amen, which is contrary to God's word. Can I get a witness today? Uh, but um, just uh, try it out and see how it goes. And the first sign of trouble, we're going to head the other way. Well, friend, if that is the, um, the mindset you take into a relationship, especially a marriage relationship, it ain't going to last because it's not going to take very long at all for uh, problems to arise uh, in a relationship and in a marriage. And... Um, well, I tell you, you better make sure that, uh, that your relationship is first and foremost founded upon God and upon Jesus Christ and upon the Word of God. And I believe when it comes to seeking after a mate, I believe that if we delight ourselves in the Lord, He'll give us the desires of our heart. If we put God first, then He'll uh, provide us with not only what we need, but who we need. Amen? I believe that. And uh, by the way, we don't need to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. You need to look for a Christian spouse. Amen? You say, well, I'm going to convert them. No, most of the time it works the other way. Amen? 
So uh, we need to, to enter into these relationships according to God and uh, His will. And uh, every now and then we'll get the old uh, wedding videos out and look back. You know, I know y'all do the same thing. Amen? And uh, the first thing I see when I look at that scrawny little 155-pound snotty-nosed brat, I'm talking about Holland. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I said, what in the world was he thinking? No, I say, what in the world was she thinking? Amen. But, you know, the truth is you don't have a clue at that age what you're getting into and didn't even know that ministry was on the horizon. And if we had, we might have run the other way. But, you know, God knew. Amen. And God, I believe before, I, this, I just believe this. I believe that before I entered into my mother's womb, I believe that God already had her picked out and selected for me as my helpmate. And I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful for who she is and what she means to me. She's my rock. And uh, in many ways, she's the rock of this church. And I love her dearly. And I'm thankful for her. And I, and I appreciate your sensitivity uh, towards her. And I believe God will honor you for that. All right, we almost forgot I was going on about the birthdays. We didn't even sing happy birthday. Anthony, you had me all tore up, brother. I, I think we ought to get Anthony up here and make him sing happy birthday to himself. What do you think? Amen. All right, let's sing. Anybody else? I know we had Pam, we had Anthony, we got Carly, Piper's not here. Anybody else have birthdays this week? Do what? We got one Friday? Who's got one? Oh, Miss D. Well, praise God. Scott, it's going to be an expensive week for you. Can I get a witness for that? Amen. Miss D. Uh, anybody else celebrating a birthday this week? Randy. Brother. Goodness gracious. What is it about this, this, this week of March? We've got a lot of them, don't we? Any others today? Brian Cannon. Lord, help. It's getting worse and worse. Any others? Let's sing happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy Anna, happy birthday to you. <laughs> well, I was already thinking about my next step. Any anniversaries this week? Any anniversaries? Amen. People know better than to have a, an anniversary in March. They'll get blown away before they ever get started. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. All right, turn to Exodus thir or 14, Exodus chapter 14. I want to mind the Lord today, and this is going to be different. I'll just warn you. Not sure where I'm headed. Just going to try to mind, mind the Lord. So y'all pray for me. How many of y'all are going to be praying for me this morning as I preach? Amen. I'm going to read quite a bit of scripture today, so um, I won't ask you to stand, but be patient. I believe God's Word can say a whole lot more in just a little bit of time than what I can in an entire message. So let's uh, read the Word of God today. Chapter number 14, Exodus 14, verse 1. If you found your place, say amen. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel that they turn and encamp before Piharoth, between Migdal and the sea over against Belzephon, before it shall ye encamp by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, They are entangled in the land, the wilderness has shut them in, and I will harden Pharaoh's heart, 
obviously because Pharaoh had already hardened his heart. Amen? That he shall follow after them, and I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his host, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And I want to remind you today, church, that regardless of whether it be God's dealings with the heathen, with the lost, or even with his people, priority number one is that the name of the Lord might be honored and magnified. And God's going to make sure one way or another, not just in our lives, but also in the world as a whole, that he gets the glory. Amen? And they did so, and it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled. And the heart of Pharaoh and of his heart or servants was turned against the people. And they said, Why have we done this, that we have let Israel go from serving us? And he made ready his chariot, and took his people with him, and he took six hundred chosen chariots. And all the chariots of Egypt and the captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with a high hand. Amen. You better not do that. You better not go anywhere with a high hand or the Lord will humble you. Amen. But the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army. And he overtook them encamping by the sea beside Peroth before Baal-Zephon. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord, and they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? I want to remind you, they had just witnessed ten plagues. They would just witnessed a supernatural and a miraculous deliverance from Pharaoh's hand, but the first sign of trouble, they was ready to go back to Egypt. Uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Wherefore hast thou dealt the, thus with us, to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Friend, I want to say to you today that it'd be better for you to die in the wilderness with God than to serve the devil in Egypt. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. That's my text. Which he will show you to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you. How many of you believe we need the Lord to fight for us? And ye shall hold your peace. Man, we all need to learn that lesson, don't we? Amen. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore Christ thou unto me, speak unto the children of Israel, that they go forward. Uh, friend, it's very rare for God's will for your life to go back. Amen. God wants us moving forward. We need some people that would be willing to press forward, press on. Amen. Continue uh, in the way that God's led us, even when the road gets tough. But lift thou up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them, and I will get me honor <laughs> upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts and upon his chariots and upon his horsemen, and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh 
upon his chariots and upon his horsemen. And the angel of God, uh, and notice it doesn't say an angel, it says the angel of God. I believe this is a pre-incarnate appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ. Theologically speaking, it's a Christophany. Uh, I believe Jesus was the one going before him. Amen? You help me preach today. Or not. Which went before the camp of Israel. Uh, removed and went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. And it was a cloud and darkness to them. But it gave light by night to these. May I say to you that what may seem to you to be a time of darkness might be a time of deliverance. Amen. What may seem in your life to be the worst thing that's ever happened may be God saving yourself from ultimate destruction. Uh, so that the one came not near the other all the night, and Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them, on their right hand and on their left. Can you imagine? Uh, and the Egyptians pursued and went in after them to the midst of the sea, and even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And it came to pass that in the morning watch the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud, and he troubled the host of the Egyptians and took off their chariot wheels that they drave them heavily. So that the Egyptians said, Let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. You know that's what uh, the world needs to be able to say about God's people in our day is that the Lord's the one fighting for us. Amen. Uh, and the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand over the sea, and the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength when the morning appeared, and the Egyptians fled against it. And the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea, and the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen, and all the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them. When God does something, He does it right. But the children of Israel walked upon dry land, in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And here's what's most important maybe in the entire text. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore, and Israel saw that great work which who? The Lord did upon the Egyptians. You know, we spend much too much time talking about the great work that man's doing, we need to get back to talking about the great work that God is doing. And the people fear the Lord and believe the Lord and His servant Moses. And then chapter 15, they had a big party to celebrate what God had done. Heavenly Father, I love you. Lord, I thank you for this privilege to gather today in your house. And Lord, thank you, Lord, just for another opportunity we don't ever want to take for granted, Lord, just... Uh, what a privilege it is to be back in God's house with God's people, with our church family. Lord, we love you this morning. God, we know the devil's working overtime to distract us, to defeat us, to fight against us. Lord, uh, in some cases, Lord, to get us fighting amongst one another. But Lord, I pray that we would look under the hills from which cometh our help. Our help comes from you. 
Greater is He that is in us than he that's in the world. And God, if we'll just stay the course, if we'll just press on, uh, Lord, in your way, in the way that you set for us, God, you didn't promise it'd be an easy way, but Lord, you said it'd be the right way. And God, we wouldn't be tempted to go backward, but we'd keep pressing forward. Sometimes not around the storm, but many times and so often right through the middle of the Red Sea. God, when it's all said and done, you'll defeat our enemies, you'll fight our battles, you'll win our victories. You'll give us protection, and Lord, we'll come out safe and sound, and Lord, you'll get the glory out of it. And we'll look back on it and we'll celebrate by saying, look what the Lord has done. Help us to do that, Father. Help us to trust you. Help us to put our little hand in your big, big hand and let, and let you lead us every step of the way. We'll praise you uh, for everything you do today. Honor your word. Exalt your son by way of your humble servant. If there might be one amongst us today that's lost, save them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Again, this is going to be a little different. Not sure where we're going to land at. But I'm going to try to mind the Lord today as we preach to you this message we've entitled, Stand Still and See the Lord's Salvation. And again, we take our text from Exodus 14, familiar story that we're all familiar with, but I don't know about you, I don't want to ever get to that place to where the familiar stories of God's Word just become normal to me, amen? I want to allow these stories to be uh, the motivation for my life, amen, to know that if God could do it for Moses, then He can do it for me. And if God did it for His people in the Old Testament, He can do it for us in our world today. How many of you this morning believe you serve a God who is still able to do what He's always done? He's a God that never has and never will change. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, a God in whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Can I get a witness this morning? But uh, we take our text from Exodus 14, 13 and 14. The Bible says, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. Boy, if we could just gather and glean everything that is found within these two verses of Scripture. I believe our lives would be a whole lot better off because of it. Would you agree with that this morning? But this came as a result of God's calling to be Israel's deliverer after He had supernaturally appeared to him on top of the mountain by way of the burning bush. Uh, God called Moses and God used Moses to deliver the children of Israel out from under uh, Pharaoh's bondage in Egypt and Pharaoh finally decided to let God's people go uh, as a result of the great judgment that had fallen down upon e Egypt as a result of Pharaoh's sin uh, God tried to use his goodness to bring Pharaoh to a place of repentance but it didn't work so uh, the Lord had to instead use godly sorrow to work uh, 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 to bring about repentance but yet it was a fake repentance it was a false repentance, and, and Pharaoh's heart only changed for a little while, and when it was all said and done, he continued to go the same way he'd been going on. Uh, where there's genuine repentance, there'll be genuine change. Say amen right there. 
from the pulpit to the pew. God led His people out of Egypt, and I'm sure you know the story how that the Lord led His people by way of the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. But instead of taking His people what would have no doubt been the easier and the short way to Canaan by way of Philistia, and you can read about that in, at the end of chapter number 13, God instead chose to take the Israelites what turned out to be the long way and the hard way, which would include one final encounter with the Egyptians as well as what turned out to be a long, hard, and strenuous journey through the wilderness. Now again, I don't know how far we're going to get today, but I want us to really just hone down and focus on this for just a few moments regarding the way of God. And friend, I believe, let me just say this today, I believe God has a way. I believe God has a way for His people. I believe God has a way for His church. And may I say to you that the way of God is different from the way of the world. The way God wants us to take is not the way uh, that, that, that uh, the devil wants the world to take. There is a distinct difference between God's way and the world's way. And if, you'll not, if you're not careful, you'll f find yourself thinking that you're on the right way when in reality you're on the wrong way. Can I say to you this morning that the right way is not... The popular way? Amen? And a lot of times when you're on the right way, you'll be in the minority. Uh, the right way, God's way, many times is a lonely way. Uh, remember Elijah up on top of the mountain. He is down in the dumps feeling sorry for himself, having a pity party. Anybody know, uh, familiar with that? And uh, he said, I'm the only one. <laughs> that hadn't bowed, bowed the, the, the knee to Baal. That wasn't true. God had a, a remnant. God had uh, others. And friend, I want to remind you that although uh, uh, there may be a, a minority on God's way, you're not alone and you're not by yourself. And to make it down God's way, you cannot make it on your own. God's way is never meant to be traveled individually but it's meant to be traveled collectively, together. And from time to time, we stumble, we fall. Amen. Some, from time to time, the, the burden becomes heavy. The load becomes uh, greater than what we can bear uh, in ourselves. That's when we need one another to pick us up and say, hey, let me carry, help you along the Lord's way. Amen. Sometimes we got to help each other along the Lord's way because it's too heavy for us. And, and it's too treacherous and it's too hard. Sometimes you get discouraged and down and out and defeated going down God's way. God's way is not always a popular way. Would you agree with that today? God's way is uh, not always an easy way. You know, um, and, and, and this is what we're going to do. We're just going to try to put ourselves in the shoes of the Israelites. Wouldn't you have liked to have been there and saw that? I don't know if I would have or not. I'd have probably been scared out of my mind, but it sure would have been something to witness that miracle. But you think about that. Here they had just witnessed this, uh, this miraculous deliverance out from under the hand of Pharaoh. And I'm sure that as they walked out of Egypt, you know, amen, just uh, thumbing 
their fingers in Pharaoh's face as they walked out. Na 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 na. Look what God's done for us. And that their faith was at an all-time high. They were living in the moment of deliverance. We need to be careful about that. Amen. We need to instead of living in the moment, we need to learn the lesson. That's good preaching. Don't live and deliver. Learn from it. When God, uh, amen, performs a miracle in your life. Uh, amen. Learn the lessons. And here they were just basking in the glory of what God had done. But all of a sudden they walked, upon, uh, walked up on a, uh, an intersection. And uh, there were two ways they could take. One was an easy way. One was a straight shot. One was cutting the corner, so to speak, to go right through the middle of Felicia and in, right through the middle of the world. <laughs> Amen? And into Canaan land. It was the easy way. It was the short way. It was the convenient way. It was the comfortable way. Amen? Uh it was the reasonable way. It was the logical way. It was the way that probably, if you asked a hundred people, you brought them up to these two ways and these two roads and say, which, ro which way should we take and which road should we travel down? Every person would have taken and chosen that way. But, friend, just because it looks like the right way don't mean it's the right way. Amen? Y'all help me preach this morning. I need your help preaching because I have no idea where I'm going. <laughs> Just trying to mind the Lord. And, and so many times God brings us to these intersections in life and says, which way are you going to go? And within ourselves and the abilities of our own flesh, we want to choose the broad way, the wide way, the popular way, the comfortable way. Amen? But you know, the Bible says there's a way that seems right unto man. But the end thereof, the ways of death and destruction. Amen? You know what we need in our world today? And I'm talking about yourself as you, or myself as your pastor. I need some discernment. And you need discernment to make sure that we're heading the right way. Because just because you think you're on the right way don't mean you're really on the right way. The devil is a master deceiver, and it's very easy for us, for him to convince us that we're on, that his way is the right way, when in reality we're headed towards destruction. Let me just ask you before we go any further, are you on the right way? Are you on the right way? And I ain't just talking about lost people. I'm talking about my life. Am I on the right way? Just because I think I'm on the right way doesn't mean I'm on the right way. Amen? You know what we need is for the Lord to order our paths and to direct our steps. Because what I found in my life is a lot of times I think my way is better than God's way. So here they are at this interpass, at this intersection. What are we going to do? Which way are we going to take? Everybody wanted to go this way, but there was a cloud and there was a 
a pillar of fire that was leading them. And everybody thought, well, that cloud's going to lead them this way. All of a sudden, the cloud went the other way. And here's this different way. And whereas the first way was brighter, it was all lit up, kind of like an interstate highway, inviting everybody to come in, yet you had this other way. No, very, very few um, lights, very few indicators. It wasn't paved, it was rocky. Whereas the first way was just straight, it was level, you know, just coasting down the freeway and the highway. This other way was a rocky way. Uh, it, it had all kinds of signs saying warning, dangerous curve <laughs> ahead. Uh, it's a narrow way to where sometimes there's not enough room for one person to be going this way and another person to come in the other direction. It's a one-way road. Can I get a witness today? Amen? One-way road. God's way is a one-way. Hallelujah. Praise His name. By the way, uh, God's way is a Jesus way. He said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by, me, but by me. Let me ask you today, do you believe that the Jesus way is the only way? Did you know there's a lot of people that are going down other ways besides Jesus and they think they're all right? You, you'd be amazed at how many preachers would tell you you can go a, another way besides Jesus and still... Get to your destination. Friend, there's only one way to heaven, and that's through Christ and Christ alone. It's either His way or the highway. Amen? But boy, and I ain't talking to lost people. I'm talking to saved Christians today. And so many times, that other way seems so much more appealing and enticing than God's way. I found myself many times in my life while traveling down God's way, especially when the grade gets steep. Uh, amen. When, uh, when, when it gets dark and dangerous and when I start feeling lonely and, and when I fall and when I get hurt and wounded by myself, when traveling down the right way, there's a lot of times I want to look for a detour. Don't y'all get that halo on your head? Listen, I'm telling you, church, God's way is not always the most pleasant way. And for whatever reason, our flesh, we want, we want to look for a shortcut, do we not? <laughs> well, let's find an easier way. Friend, there is no such thing as taking shortcuts with God. Either you, you go His way or you don't go, or you go the devil's way. Amen. What, what was that Facebook post saying about the devil owns the fence? I like that, didn't you? A lot of people trying to take shortcuts with God. There's no such thing. You either go God's way or you don't go at all. So think about Israel. And the cloud and the pillar lead them down this other way. And, you know, even though that way seemed like Everything in my mind is telling me to go, other, to go the other way. 
but because I truly care and because I truly want to do the right thing, I'm going to go with God. And I'm going to go His way. And they did the right thing by going God's way, even though it was a tough decision for them to make. Amen? So you would think that because they went the right way and they did the right thing, you would think that the journey would have become easier. Isn't that the way our minds work? Because I make the right choice and because I do the right thing, then the way is necessarily going to become easier because of it. Friend, that's not the way it goes. And what happened as a result of them choosing the right way and going in the right direction, they found themselves at an impasse. A roadblock. Can I just say to you th this morning, sometimes roadblocks are ordained, are ordained by God. Uh, I mean, again, we've got this idea, well, I'm on God's way, so there's not going to be any roadblocks. There's not going to be any steep drains. There's not, not going to be any uh, obstacles to overcome. Because I'm on God's way. No, my friend, a lot of times a roadblock, all that is is a sign that you're on the right way. Maybe there's somebody here this morning that, amen, you know to the best of your ability and from the bottom of your heart that you are on God's way. Just as sure as you're sitting on a church pew, you've done everything you can do to seek God's face and to be sure that you're heading the right way. But all of a sudden, you find a roadblock. So now what are you going to Bingo. You're preaching for me, Rob. That's all right. But what do we want to do? When we come to a roadblock, we want to come, turn around and go the other way. Uh, we want to retrace our steps and go back in the other direction and, and find, a, a, a man, a, 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 an exit to get us off of the road where there, uh, the way where there's a roadblock and get back on the easy way. So we can just uh, continue to coast on down life's superhighway. Maybe you're here today and you're at a roadblock. What am I going to do? The easiest thing for you to do is to turn around. But friend, I want to remind you that God's way rarely means to go back. If you're going backward, that's a good sign that you're not going forward. It's impossible to go backward and forward at the same time. One direction. God's way is a one-way street. No turnarounds, no detours. It's either all or nothing with God. Say amen right there. So now I know y'all think I'm preaching to you. I'm preaching to this old boy this morning. Aren't you thankful that the Lord knows how to preach to the preacher too? And I don't know, but I'm just kind of using some liberty to say, all right, I've come to this roadblock. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to turn around. Go back the other way. I'm thankful that when I try to do that, God won't let me. Can we all be honest today and say there's times where we've tried to turn around and go 
the other way? Isn't that what the children of Israel wanted to do time and time again? Every time they faced an obstacle or a roadblock, they wanted to turn around and go back to that which God had delivered them from. How stupid and foolish could they be? But that's exactly what I want to do when the going gets tough. I want to go back to what God brought me out of. No detours. No U-turns. No turn around. Oh, we're going to turn around. Well, they tried to do that, or maybe they did. I don't know. But they didn't They necessarily look behind them because they saw something coming towards them. What was it? It was that which God had just delivered them from. I hate the devil. Because <laughs> every time I think I've got him slain, he raises his ugly head again. I cannot wait. Now, I'm just going to vent for a few minutes. Is that all right? I don't know what's going to... You know, the Bible... Uh, amen, talks about that great cloud of witnesses. And I know that's talking about Hebrews 12, that's talking about the heroes of faith, chapter 11. But I, I don't know, you know, I hope there is a heavenly grandstand. Amen, at the great white throne judgment and when God puts the devil right smack dab in front of him and deals with him once and for all, I hope God gives me a front row seat. I want to have a ticket to that. Boxing match. <laughs> and if I were a betting man, which I'm not, but if I were, I know where I'd put my money. <laughs> It'd be on the Lord. And the Lord's going to speak to the devil. So he don't even have to throw a punch. You know, that's why God is such a, a better boxer than we are. He don't even have to swing a first punch. All he has to do is speak a word and demons flee. But one day, God's going to finally put my nemesis in his place once and for all. And he's going to throw the devil into hell. And I hope I get to witness it and cheer him on. Because cheering for God over the devil is going to be a whole lot better than cheering for the balls over Michigan. Say amen right there. <laughs> Ain't no question who's going to win that fight. God. But until that day, no matter how many times you, sl you slay him, you defeat him, you can run from him, you think you have gotten, here he comes. After you again. Amen? We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness, wickedness in high places. Friend, the devil's fighting. Anybody raise your hand today and say, Preacher, the devil's fighting. The devil is fighting me today harder than he's ever fought. He's smarter than we are, Brother Andy. He's got this thing figured out. We're, we're just still kind of, again, trying to coast along down the freeway. And the devil's working overtime, and he is wrecking havoc. So think about the children of Israel. Here they were. 
Red Sea on one side, roadblocks. Turn around, we're going to go back the other way. There's the devil coming after them. They were trapped in between a rock and a hard place. Anybody ever been there? In other words, no matter what. You see, did you know that, that, that for us, the worst place we could possibly be is in a location where no matter what we do, we're doomed. In other words, we can't do anything to fix it. We, there's nothing, there's no decision I can make, there's no button I can push to change my dilemma. I can't get out of it. No matter how hard I try, I can't get out of this. I'm boxed in, I'm hemmed in by the roadblock on one side and the devil on the other side. What am I going to do? What am I going to do, Ross? Stop and listen. Yeah, that's it. Friends, I'm telling you, what we are, we are Jacobs. What we need to be is Josephs. What we are, we are tricksters. We need to be trusters. We want to be the ones that push the buttons and pull the strings and calls the, calls the shots. We live in a world of convenience to where all I have to do is push a button and get what I want. Isn't that the Staples commercial, the easy button? Sometimes there's no, not an easy button for life, especially when you're on God's way. You're going to get yourself in a bind. You're going to find yourself in between a rock and a hard place. Roadblock on one side, devil on the other side. What can I do? There's nothing you can do. Because it seems like there's no way. And it is a cliche, but I'm going to say it anyway because it sure sounds good. God's able to make a way even when there is no way. <laughs> can I just ask you today, how many of you in the house of God are thankful that even when it seems as if there's no way, God is able to make a way? And maybe you're the one this morning that has a roadblock on one side and the devil on the other side, and I don't know what to do. I'm just saying, even when it seems that there's no way, God is able to make a way. And I'm challenging you this morning. I'm challenging myself and my life and my old stinking flesh. Do I have enough faith to believe? That my God is able and will make a way, even though I may not think there's a way. Now let me just tell you this morning, y'all in trouble because, I, I, amen, I'm preaching. There's times where we get to the place in our lives to where we think there's no way. And you, you, you know, we can play the super spiritual card all we want to. But the truth of the matter is there's times that arise in our lives where we feel there's just, there's no way. You know what that's called? That's called hopelessness. You know, I'm thankful that as a child of God there is no such thing as helplessness. <laughs> the only way I could ever be without help is to be without God. And I don't have to worry about that. 
don't care what you're going through this morning. You may be surrounded by the enemy. You may be facing a roadblock. You may be hopeless. You ain't helpless. That wasn't in my notes. That come from the Lord. You know the problem is, we live in a world full of hopeless Christians. We look at Ukraine, we look at the world, we look at COVID, we look at gas prices, we look at inflation. We look at our circumstances, we look at our family, we look at our friends, our relationships. We look at all this mess and all this clutter that the devil uses to get our eyes off of God. And he makes us think we're, he makes us feel hopeless. The only way that I have a right, no matter what I'm facing, Red Sea, Devil, Nick, <laughs> whatever. The only excuse, legitimate excuse I have to be to really feel hopeless is if I find myself hopeless. And if you're God's child, that ain't going to happen, friend. Where there's help, there should be hope. I will look unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from God. Maybe you're here this morning and you are hopeless. You need hope. The churches of America need hope. The Christians of America need hope. The preachers of America need hope. The families of America need hope. Can I be real with y'all today? There's sometimes I feel hopeless as it relates to the future of these two youngins. And it ain't nobody's fault but my own, I'm just telling you. I look at my life and I look at my raising and I look at all of the advantages and the privileges I had growing up and I know how hard it was for me. And then I look at them. And if I'm not careful, Brother Randy, I'll lose hope as it relates to their future. And you know, the truth is, if their hope was in their daddy, they'd have a reason to worry. But youngins, don't you ever forget your hope ain't in your daddy. Your daddy's going to fail you. Your daddy's going to let you down. But you've got a source and you've got a strength that's far greater than anything your daddy could ever do for you. Daddy ain't always going to be there. But you've got a bigger daddy, hallelujah, that he ain't never going to leave you. He ain't never going to fail you. He ain't never going to forsake you. But he's going to go with you all the way. As long as you got him, as long as you got, as long as you make sure that your hope is in the Lord, there's no reason for you to feel hopeless because you'll never be helpless. Isn't that what the psalmist said in Psalm 78 about 
our responsibility to teach the younger generation, to train them up, to raise them up in the things of God. Why? So that they might set their hope in God. We have a hopeless generation coming up. They have no hope. They don't know what direction they're going in, Michael. They don't know where they're coming or where they're going. They don't know where to turn. And you know whose fault it is? It's theirs. But in spite of us, they, they're in spite of the almost impossible environment that the younger generation of children is growing up in today. There's hope. And the reason there's hope is because there's help. Man, we could shut it down and go to the house today and just say, I, you, you may have walked through those doors this morning hopeless. Tell the devil to hit the trail. Because if you're God's child, you have reason to have hope because you serve the God of all hope. And because there's help, there will always be hope. I, I mean, they, they had no choice. They were desperate. You know, a lot of times God will put you in a place of desperation. <laughs> you ever heard the saying, hit rock bottom? <laughs> Sometimes God will let you hit rock bottom. Because He wants to put you in a place. I don't understand it. I don't like it. If I had the opportunity, I might even argue with Him about it. But I'm just telling you, friend, God's will for your life his plan is to put you in, I'm saying he'll put it, put you there. It's not an accident, it's not a coincidence, not just, it just happened. No, God will supernaturally arrange the, the, the surroundings of your life to where you're in a situation to where you've hit rock bottom and there's nothing else you can do. There's nowhere else you can turn. I have no answers, Lord. No buttons to push, no strings to pull. No magic wand to wave. No words to say. What am I going to do? Aren't you thankful the Bible tells us what to do? Can I just give it to you real quick? Say, preacher, what time it is? I have no idea. Time to quit. Anybody getting any help today? I mean, listen, I don't want this to be anticlimactic. I'm just giving you what the Bible says. And God's Word will help you more than my Word will help you. Let me just tell you what the Bible says, verse 13. <laughs> Chapter 14, verse 13. What's the first thing Moses said to the people? Step number one. <laughs> don't be afraid. Easier said than done, right? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. We said it Saturday, yesterday at the prayer gathering. One of two things. You're either going to fear the Lord, or you're going to fear the world. What are you afraid of this morning? So I don't, I'm not afraid of nothing. Yes, you are. Either you're afraid of the world and the circumstances of your life, 
or you're afraid of the Lord your God. God said, fear not. Amen? The direction of your fears determines the direction of your choices. And when you're at that detour and that intersection, am I going to go the way of the world? Am I going to go God's way? A lot of it's determined by who or what you fear the most. Can I say it's time for the church to get back to a holy and reverential fear of God? See, it's bad enough that the world doesn't fear God, but the church no longer fears God. Fear not. That's, that's hard. But can I tell you something even harder? Especially when you're afraid. Especially when you've got the Red Sea on one side of you, roadblock on one side, the devil on the other side. Stand still. What? <laughs> Run. Every man for himself. Let's jump ship, baby. You take you, you you take care of yourself. I'm me myself. No, stand still. The hardest thing to do when you're surrounded is to stand still. The hardest thing to do when you're out of options is to stand still. Uh, I believe Isaiah, the psalmist one, said it this way: "Be still." And know that I'm God. See, in order for you to be willing to stand still and to be still, when you're hemmed in and when you're in between a rock and a hard place, when you got the devil on one side and a roadblock on the other side, you better know beforehand that the Lord is your God. If you wait to that moment to make up your mind, you're going to fail and you're going to jump ship. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Ask for me in my house. Now is the time to make up your mind. Before, you know, before it's all said and done, you know what the devil's trying to do? He's trying to encircle. You know, just like the Russians are trying to encircle Kiev, Ukraine. That's what the devil's trying to do. He's, he's trying to encircle God's people. You better make up your mind now. Who You, you better know now. You better say, you better be still now and know that the Lord, He is your God. Fear not, stand still. And I like this, see the Lord's salvation. Now, can I say to you today that He was commanding them to see it before the waters ever parted? He was imploring them and encouraging them to catch a vision of deliverance. Before it actually took place. Lord saying, I mean the people saying, what are we going to do? Where are we going to go? The Lord said, stand still and see right now. Look at that. And by the way, it wasn't a swamp. The livers would tell us it was just a swampy area. The reed sea rather than the red sea. No, it was an ocean and you couldn't see across to the other side. The Lord said, looky there, there's deliverance. I'm getting ready to part those waters. I'm getting ready to make a way for you to walk right across on dry ground so that you and everybody else will know and have no doubt whatsoever that the Lord, I am God. In other words, even when it seems like there's no way, He's already made a way. You just hadn't seen it yet. You know, that's what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of not 
not see things not seen. Believing that God is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. You may be pinned in right now. You may be encircled. The devil may be breathing down your neck stronger than he ever has. Fear not. Stand still and see the Lord's salvation. I want to remind you it ain't your salvation, it's His salvation. You're not the one that's able to do it, only He can deliver you. And by the way, I ain't preaching deliverance doctrine today. Y'all do understand that, right? Amen. Man, there's so many other things I could get to you. We don't have time for that. Look at verse 31. And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and His servant Moses. Let me give you one other thing almost. Look with me at verse 15. Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore Christ thou unto me? <laughs> what are you crying to me for, Moses? Why are you poor mouthing, Moses? Why are you down in the dumps, Moses? Look what I just did for you. Have you forgot that I appeared to you on top of the mountain? Have you forgot that I used your rod and your staff to perform miracles? But then he said. Speak unto the children of Israel that they what? Go forward. <laughs> That's awful hard. I know some of y'all give up. Preacher, we wish you'd quit. That's all right. I'm having myself a time. You need this more than you do the lunch buffet. And so do I. <laughs> I mean, you picture yourself there on the banks of that ocean, the devil bearing down on you, the only thing protecting you, and we didn't even get to the protection part, aren't you thankful that when the devil's breathing down your neck, the Lord's got the, the, fire, the pillar of fire in the cloud to protect you from your enemies? But there just comes a point in time, you've got to stand still first, but then what you got to do? you got to just go forward. In other words, you got to press on. You can't quit. You can't give up. To whom shall, what are you going to do? You're going to go back to the place that you just got delivered from? You're going to go back to the devil? Can't do that. Don't have that choice. You just going to take it easy and go to, go to hell with the rest of the world? He said, go forward. Friends, sometimes the hardest thing in life to do, especially when you've been hurt, when you've been wounded, when you're weary, when you're burdened, when you're broken, when you're confused, when you're lonely. I mean, can we go, when you're discouraged, depressed, despondent. Kind of like I was a couple of weeks ago with the chainsaw that I, that was my dad's, by the way, that I wanted to kick. Thank you, Anthony. 
Just go forward. Just press on. He didn't say it'd be easy. He didn't say how it would take place, but He has promised that if we keep pressing on, if we keep moving forward, He will make a way. Even when it seems as if there's no way. And the other thing He told them to do, lift that rod up. That rod, remember the rod of authority represents the gospel. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, you know, that's how we win victory and over our enemies. That's, what, that's how we survive and escape when we're encircled. Did you know the one thing that's no match for the devil? The devil ain't afraid of you, but he sure is afraid of the gospel. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God. The gospel is the dynamite power of God that is able to blow a hole right in the middle of the Dead Sea. It opposes everybody. Just lift up the rod. Keep moving forward. And when it's all said and done, you'll look back and say, boy, it wasn't easy. It was hard. I thought I was going to perish. I thought I was going to die. But look what the Lord has done. And there will be no doubt in your minds as well as the mind of your enemy that the Lord, He God. And you can have yourself a chapter 15 celebration look just like the children of Israel did. Partying over the spoils of victory. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, no doubt this is the message that you would have for us today. And Lord, I don't know what your people are facing. But Lord, I know that What's been spoken today has been, thus saith the Lord. Lord, maybe there's somebody here today that walked into the church house hopeless. But Lord, they can leave with hope because they know and have been assured of the fact that their help comes from God. Lord, I think to a certain extent all of us could say that we feel as if we're hemmed in. Red Sea on one side, the devil on the other side. What do we do? We don't need to be afraid. We need to be still and know that the Lord is our God, but we need to stand still. Lord, we need to stand. <laughs> we need some standards and seek the Lord's salvation. God, Move during the invitation. Lord, I've given you word. I pray that you'd take your word, use the Holy Spirit of God to speak to all of our hearts and give us what we need. We're going to praise you in advance for who you are and what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Miss Grace is playing Have Thine Own Way, Lord. Maybe you're the one, you're at the intersection. Which way are you going to go? You're at the impasse, hounded by the enemy. What are you going to do? What decision? Are you going to go back? Are you going to return to bondage? Or are you going to press forward? Keep lifting up the gospel and let the Lord use the dynamite power of the gospel to blow a hole 
or the Red Sea of bondage in your life. If you need to come, why don't you respond today, friend? I'm not going to poke you and prod you and beg you. Come for the Lord's sake and not because of anything I say or do. If you need help from God, I believe help is found at this old-fashioned altar. While Miss Grace plays, have thine own way. Why don't you respond this morning?